I want to ask you a very personal question today. Have you ever been radically converted to Jesus Christ? I want to explain what I mean in just a moment. Stay with me. I'll be right back. Finding and knowing God is a faith walk. The Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Our hope lies in the coming Messiah, who will establish God's peaceful kingdom on earth. This is Faith Walk with Ron Susak. Dr. Ron is an evangelist committed to encourage and equip your faith walk as we pass through these turbulent end-time days awaiting that soon-coming kingdom. Here again is Ron Susak. How many people say, I'm a Christian because I'm a Catholic? I go to the Baptist church the Methodist Church, the Pentecostal Church, and many, many, many other names. That's not answering the question. The question is, have you been personally, radically converted to Jesus Christ? All the different forms of faith that we have in Christianity are really systems, and they are fine. There's not the slightest criticism. That's not what we're doing today. I want to know if you are going to church because you think, well, if I go through these rituals, I may be okay. Or if I learn when to stand up or sit down or sing or pray, I'll be okay. How can I explain this to you? Let me try. Jesus Christ was God the Son who came to this world. Notice that he never taught us certain rituals to do. He taught us how to live and walk with him. He said, follow me, follow me, please. I'm not in any way criticizing rituals. There's value in that. But what I'm trying to say is that if you only stop with the rituals, my friend, that is not radical conversion. That's simply habit. And I want to talk to you about radical conversion. What is a radical conversion? It's when you really recognize, I am a sinner. N no, no, no. Not, I've done a few things bad. I've been wrong. That's all true. But sin is a nature that came into us when Adam bit into the fruit of rebellion in the garden. The moment that happened... Everything went south. Our nature changed from a nature that was like God's nature to a nature that was like Satan's nature, rebellious, self-oriented, selfish. And it's imperative that we understand what sin is. Sin is that nature in us. We do what we do because of what we are. So when we finally recognize that and see that, that is when we move from feeling comfortable saying, well, I follow the rituals, or I was born and raised in a certain denomination or a certain church or a certain system. But now you say, no, there's something wrong with me. Why do I have this jealousy, anger, bitterness, selfishness? Why am I always self-oriented? Why is it when I do something selflessly, I want to make sure I get credit for it? Why am I so self-oriented? 
Jesus Christ came to this planet, the Son of God, representing his Father, the exact representation of God. What God is in heaven is exactly what Jesus was on earth. You want to know what God is like? Study the life of Jesus Christ. And if there's anything you see in Jesus Christ that is very paramount, he was absolutely selfless. He is selfless. The Father, God, is selfless. The Holy Spirit is selfless. He also, when Jesus Christ comes to convert us, he's not converting us into a simple system. He's calling us into a radical transformation of our lives to become like him. Psalm 62, 5. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. There are endless reasons why people feel incomplete. Those reasons are like false gods commanding your heart. Look to God alone for your value and purpose. Look to God alone to deliver you from assaults. King David had armies wanting to kill him. David had family and friends wanting to destroy him. He gave the secret of the solution. Psalm 62, 5. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is in him. He's calling us into a radical transformation of our lives to become like him. Now, I'm going to give you an illustration of that. A great illustration is a man known to Christianity as the Apostle Paul. Very unique. Saul was his original name, Saul of Tarsus. And he despised Jesus Christ. He was a Jew. He had nothing to do whatsoever with Jesus Christ. He thought Jesus Christ was a fraud. And he gave his life to fighting Jesus Christ. He sent many Christians to prison and even signed the death warrant on some. He was radically committed to a system. He's on his way to Damascus, and suddenly he falls from his horse onto the ground, and there's a bright light before him, and, and the people that were with him sensed something was going on, and, but they couldn't see it or hear it. And Jesus Christ said to Saul of Tarsus, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? <laughs> And Saul responded, What do you want of me? And Saul was sent into a city of Damascus to find a man named Ananias. And Ananias came to Saul with a real prophecy. First of all, Saul was blinded by the light, and Ananias healed his eyes immediately, and he saw again, and now he, was, <laughs> he realized he was undergoing a radical transformation. He had encountered Jesus Christ in person. And as a result, Ananias gave him God's plan for his life. But to fulfill that plan, it was a five-step plan, ending up with telling the leader of the Roman Empire about salvation in Christ. For him to fulfill that plan, 
Saul, who now is called Paul, had to die to everything he had lived for, everything he thought was right. He had to die to that. And most of all, he had to die to himself. He even said, I die daily. Daily I have to slay these drives in me that want credit, that want recognition, that want fame, that want importance, that wants power, that wants money. I have to die to all of this that, that this world functions on. I have to die to this that Jesus Christ is my whole life and purpose. What he didn't know was that that path he was going to take in life, following Jesus Christ, literally following Jesus as a person, he didn't know that that would lead to a riot, to a prison where he underwent an earthquake and then led the prison guard to the Lord and the centurion and as a result, the church at Philippi was born. He didn't know that he would be shipwrecked and nearly freezing on, the, uh, on an island and bitten by a snake. And all kinds of strange things happened to him. Riots broke out. But in the end, he was able to say, I have run the race. I have finished the course. <laughs> That's what I want for you. That's what I want for you. I will tell you this. I've been in the ministry now for over half a century. And I've counseled I don't know how many hundreds and hundreds of people. I don't know how many sermons I've preached. I do know that I've spent thousands of hours studying the Bible. And I'm giving you that background for this reason. When you boil it all down, while Christians are in all kinds of different places in this race to follow Jesus Christ, the ones that are way out front are the ones who knew what radical conversion means. It means that you are inviting God himself to do whatever it takes to transform you into the likeness of Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 8, verses 28 and 29 are very significant. Many, many people have memorized Romans 8, 28. All things work together for good to those who love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose. Oh, we quote that so glibly, but we don't fully grasp what it means until we read read the next verse, verse 29, and that that's where you read, God predestined. When God predestined something, it's going to happen. God predestined to conform us to the image of his Son. Do you get the picture? Jesus Christ came to earth to reveal in his message and his conduct and everything he was and did, what God the Father is like in heaven. You and I are being transformed radically, radically transformed from what we were at natural birth to what we become when we finally say, yes, Lord, I want you in my life. And God begins that radical process of bringing us into the likeness of his Son, shaping us 
into the likeness of himself. Now, Dr. Ron has been talking to us about the end time days and wants us to prepare for the coming kingdom. And he has written a book titled The Assyrian Prophecy that is a missing part of the end times puzzle. And he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Write, for these words are true and faithful. The world is not ending. God is preparing a new world soon to begin. An ancient nation thought lost to extinction is soon to rise anew to prepare for that day. Isaiah identified this nation in a prophecy that has been hidden in plain sight for some 2,700 years. Its name is Assyria. My new book, The Assyrian Prophecy, reveals how Assyria will join with Israel and Egypt to bless the world under the soon coming Messiah. Amid today's chaos, God is searching for righteous people through whom he will bring the prophecy to completion. When you reach the end of this book, one question will be in your mind. Lord, what would you have me to do? You can learn more at theassyrianproject.org. Why is this so important to every single person on earth? Because you and I will not walk through the gates of heaven, will not walk through the gates of heaven, until we are totally transformed into the likeness of Christ. That's a lifelong process, so don't be discouraged. It's a lifelong process and probably is not totally complete even at your death. But listen carefully. Don't take that as an excuse for spiritual laziness. Whatever you do, don't become spiritually lazy. Don't become a monotonous saint. Just going your own way, doing your own thing, saying, I'm a Christian. When I die, I'm going to heaven. No. As a Christian, I challenge you. Are you living your life so sold out to God, so desiring to be transformed into the likeness of Christ, that God is able to be displayed in and through you? What you say, your disposition, how you govern your heart, govern your mind, where you go, what you do, can the world say, here is a man of God? Here is a woman of God. I don't know of anything in life more wonderful, more important than that. I have to say to you, and I say this in all love and respect, all of us play pick and choose with God. I pick out what part I want to keep of myself and choose what I want of you. Well, the time is going to come when, and I hope it's for you today, when you're ready to say, God, I'm done picking and choosing. My choice is you, all the way. You was defeated think at like you. Jerusalem. Feel like you. Walk like you. Live like you. Love like you. Serve like you. <laughs> My friend, this is when God can use you in a radical way. The Apostle Paul, if you want to read about his conversion, it's in Acts chapter 9. It's a marvelous account of his conversion. 
But let me tell you that when Jesus Christ encountered Saul, who then became Paul, it was not a discussion of, you get this and I keep that. No. Saul had to die to a life of Jewish rituals, to a life of rigid convictions that to him were right, not knowing that you can be so right, rigidly right, that you're actually wrong. Even with truth, you can do that. For example, the parent who is very, very religious and very, very stringent, who thinks he can spank and spank and castigate his child into conversion. No, not at all. You cannot do that to people. You have to love them to conversion. They have to see in you something unlike this world, something that is so real, so genuine, so clean and pure, that they are saying, I want to be like that person. One of the reasons why we don't think this way about Jesus Christ, we, we package him. Let's keep him in church. We package him. Or governments, what do they do? Let's put them on a mantle. <laughs> and let's bring him off the mantle every now and then and use his name if it helps us politically. Oh, my friend, listen carefully. We've got to come to the place where we realize we are to be living today as people of the kingdom of God. That's where we're heading. We've got to be living today as people of the kingdom of God. We need to be living today like we will be living when that kingdom comes. Now you say, Ron, how do you do that in this world? This world is pumping in front of us every day the opposite of Jesus Christ. Well, let me pick a few. I think that a scandalous thing is professional wrestling. Cursing, shouting, spitting, oh, as though might and power and I'm going to slam you. Kids are learning this disposition. You wonder why they walk up to an old lady on the street and whack her in the head and walk away showing their strength. You want it? Where did they learn that? Where did they learn that? Come on, Hulk Hogan. Where did they learn that? Listen. Our sports, our business world, what do we do? In the business world, we've got to chew up a competitor, even lie about a competitor, do everything we can to, to mark him down so that we get ahead. What about government? Why are our governments failing, failing, failing all around the world? Because people come into government in order to learn ad adversarial governing. I've got to destroy the word Democrat. I've got to destroy the word Republican. Now, there are things that people do under those names that need to be destroyed. We destroy the whole name. What are we doing? We are in adversarial politics. 
wrestling is adversarial. Boxing is adversarial. Everything is adversarial. Politics is adversarial. Destroy your opponent. Don't get together and negotiate to think, what is best for this nation? Don't seek the advice of a minister, a pastor, a spiritual person. No, no, no. We debate because out of the debate, we are going to find the solution. We haven't done it, friends, in 6,000 years. How stupid can we be? How long will we trip over ourselves? The business world. Why do businesses rise up and then collapse? A lot of it is because we call it competition. Let's call it what it is, adversarial competition. All of this is what I'm, what I'm trying to say. All of this is the opposite of Jesus Christ. Now, who are you going to follow? This sick world? Or the representative of God who stepped on this planet and revealed who God is and what he is like? Psalm 62.5 For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from Him. There are endless reasons why people feel incomplete. Those reasons are like false gods commanding your heart. Look to God alone for your value and purpose. Look to God alone to deliver you from assaults. King David had armies wanting to kill him. David had family and friends wanting to destroy him. He gave the secret of the solution. Psalm 62, 5, For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is in Him. Now, you may be saying, Ron, I agree with you, but it won't fly in this world. Won't it? It won't fly? If you seek to be godlike, you don't think God will back you? Now, yes, I agree. I, I, will, I will tell you quickly that Jesus said, this world that loves this sick system because of the sin nature, this world will persecute you. Yes, they will. No question about it. <laughs> but my friend, when you are willing to say, all right, if you want to persecute me, persecute me in the name of Jesus Christ. That's fine. You go, you go right to it. What they do not know is that there is coming a judgment when the Almighty Himself will judge every word coming out of our mouths, every attitude coming out of our spirit, every conduct that we carry out. All of it will be judged perfectly. And woe be the person who persecuted you. Woe be the person who martyred a relative of yours. Woe be to the politician who played uh, adversarial politics. Woe be to the business that destroyed other businesses to try to gain upmanship. Woe be to the AI people who have violated a good thing in order to sell porn. Woe be to anyone who violates the laws of God because they are laws of love given in order to construct a healthy civilization, a healthy world. Woe be to any who fights against that. It works temporarily when it's judged. It is done. 
and my friend, you, if you're responsible, will not walk into heaven. You will be cast into the lake of fire with Satan himself, there to be abandoned by God forever. Why? Because you abandoned God in this life. You didn't want him now? All right. He'll put you in a place where you don't have to have him, but I'm going to tell you right now, you don't want to go there unless you're an absolute fool. If you're ready to say, Ron, it's starting to get to me. I think I hear you. I would like to be radically converted. I don't want to be a nominal Christian. I don't want to be lukewarm because God said in the Bible, if you're lukewarm about this, I'll spew you out of my mouth. If you want to be cold, be cold. If you want to be hot, be hot, but don't be lukewarm. Ah, my friend, if you say, I, I, I'm really getting the picture, Ron, and I want to be radically converted to Christ, even as a Christian. I, I don't want to just go along, mamby-pamby, lukewarm, drifting. I want to really be in the game. I'm going to give you a prayer. Get alone with yourself and God right now. Even if there are people in the room, get with yourself and pray this simple prayer after me. In your heart to God, dear God, on the basis that Jesus died for me, I'm asking your forgiveness for all my sins. I'm asking you for the power to live committed to you, obedient to your will, radically committed from now until I meet you in heaven. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, let me know about it. My team and I would love to be praying for you. Just drop me a note. I'll tell you how at the end of the program. Always remember the name Emmanuel. It's a name for God, and it means God is with us. God bless you. Can't wait to be with you in the next program. Now, Dr. Ron has been talking to us about the end-time days and wants us to prepare for the coming kingdom. And he has written a book titled The Assyrian Prophecy that is a missing part of the end-times puzzle. And he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Write, for these words are true and faithful. The world is not ending. God is preparing a new world soon to begin. An ancient nation thought lost to extinction is soon to rise anew to prepare for that day. Isaiah identified this nation in a prophecy that has been hidden in plain sight for some 2,700 years. Its name is Assyria. My new book, The Assyrian Prophecy, reveals how Assyria will join with Israel and Egypt to bless the world under the soon coming Messiah. Amid today's chaos, God is searching for righteous people through whom He will bring the prophecy to completion. When you reach the end of this book, one question will be in your mind. Lord, what would you have me to do? You can learn more at theassyrianproject.org. This has been Faith Walk with best-selling author, pastor, and evangelist Ron Susek. We're certain you appreciate Dr. Ron's straightforward teaching of God's Word. 
along with his strong invitation to find salvation through Christ. But he needs your help in spreading the gospel to the far reaches of the world. Join our team by going to faithwalk.org and clicking on Partner With Us. Please accept and enjoy your copy of The Assyrian Prophecy as our personal thank you for standing with us at FaithWalk. Well, thanks for being with us today, and we hope you'll join us again next week as we find courage for the journey in our FaithWalk.